Hello, everyone. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Claire. Um, I'm a member of this beautiful church community and have been for a long time. Um, I'm so grateful for this opportunity to share with you this morning, and I'm really humbled by it as well. I have none of the official qualifications of being able to be up here and and speak to you. Um, No Masters of Divinity, no extensive experience preaching the word, um, practically no knowledge of Latin and Greek, but I do try to follow Jesus daily in life which, according to Pastor Jeff, is the primary thing that qualifies me to be up here speaking with you this morning. (laughs) That and the fact that my body produces estrogen because he's doing a series where women voices are being told. (laughs) So (laughs) here I am. (laughs) That's literally what he told me when I said, I'm not qualified for this. He said, well, you follow Jesus daily in life and your body produces estrogen. Okay. (laughs) And I just have to say... (laughs) I just have to say I really appreciate Jeff doing this series, hearing women voices from the congregation. It's awesome. Yeah. So um, let's see. So, And I also greatly appreciate the fact that I don't have to have MDiv after my name in order to speak to you all this morning, only to be on the journey with you all. So I plan to simply speak out of my own experiences, um, what I'm learning in my life at this time, And I hope and trust that God can speak to you today um, through what I have to share. So many of you are aware that I recently completed completed teaching for my first year at Ramona High School right around the corner, ninth and 10th grade English. Yes, I did it. Um, One year down, hopefully many more to go. Um, And it It was a tough year, as I'm sure any teacher in this room can attest to, and also just anybody who starts a new challenging vocation that takes a lot of energy. Um, And this is the main experience through through which God has been teaching me things this year. And so that's what I want to speak to you about this today. As I've been learning about what it means to be teacher to 14, 15, and 16-year-olds, I've also been learning how to be a student of Jesus and allowing him to teach me through the challenges I've experienced. And it seems pretty obvious that, you know, Jesus is teacher. Of course he is. He he was a rabbi, literally, which means teacher. Um, And after he washes his disciples' feet in John 13, he says, you call me Lord and teacher, and rightly so, for that is what I am. So it seems obvious that Jesus is our teacher, but I feel like we don't really see him in that role primarily, or at least it doesn't affect how we live our daily lives. At least for me, I I see him more as father and I'm his child, or he's the creator and I'm his creature, or savior and I'm the saved one. Um, I don't know how often I've really contemplated and and acted on this idea of him being the teacher and me as the student. Especially since if he's the teacher and I'm the student, that means, you know, I need to be taught something. And sometimes my pride will get in the way of that. And I think, hello, Jesus, I already know everything. I figured it out. So I don't need to learn anything new. And that's kind of where, where I want to go this morning. What it looks like um, to be a good student to the good teacher. Because Jesus is, is the greatest teacher. 
God's not the kind of teacher who just hands out worksheets and never actually engages his students in a meaningful way. <laughs> this year of literally teaching in the classroom has given me some new ideas and insights about God's role as our teacher and our role as the learner, and so I want to dive into this a little bit more with you this morning. So, part one, Good Teaching 101, Zone of Proximal Development. <laughs> and it's, it's great because a friend who was in my program at UCR is back here with me. So, basic pedagogy lesson. Pedagogy, pedagogy is the study of teaching. So the Zone of Proximal Development, or ZPD, is this space between what a learner can do by themselves without any help and then beyond would be what they can't do, even if somebody was helping them. It's too far beyond what they can understand. But there's this sweet spot in the middle where, you know, if, if a teacher offers help to the student, um, they're able to do it. They're able to learn it. Um, it's challenging. It, it pushes them a little past what they're able to do naturally, but it's not so far out there that they'll just be overwhelmed and give up. So you don't want to, you know, have a kindergartner try to learn how to read a college textbook, you know. Um, you want to teach them phonics and, and just that sweet spot right in the middle. So as the diagram shows, the dark blue in the very center, that's what a student can do independently. The lightest blue on the outside, they can't do it at all. They get overwhelmed. And then that spot right in the middle, they can do it if they have help. That's the zone of proximal development, okay? And the, a good teacher is able to figure out where their students' zone of proximal development are. And they're able to give the students the right scaffolds, the right supports and help to make it possible for the student to be successful and actually learn something new uh, but not get overwhelmed. It's, it's great. And this doesn't just apply in the classroom, obviously. It applies in life and to little kids if you're raising a family. It, it's everywhere. So, for example, in my world, if a high school student knows how to read, obviously, they should know how to read by that point, unless they just came into the country, um, but a teacher would be amiss in teaching this high school student phonics and sounding out words. Um, clearly, clearly, the student is beyond that lesson. But this particular high school student might not know much academic English, and so giving them a challenging article, for example, might be really hard for the student to grasp. Maybe they don't know the academic vocabulary. Maybe there's some references in there to, you know, World War II history or something that the, the student has no idea about. Um, so the scaffolds that the teacher would offer would be to have a list of the academic vocabulary and the definitions. And then here are all the references that are in this article, and this is what, what, um, what they're referring to. And that allows the student to read, read this complex text and actually understand it. Sorry, I'm kind of nerding out on teaching a little bit. <laughs> so, how does, this, how does this all relate to God and Jesus? When, when I first was getting my credential, I remember learning about this concept and feeling like there's a really direct spiritual connection. I just felt like, Oh my gosh, God knows our ZPDs. <laughs> he knows. <laughs> he knows what we can do by ourselves. Like he knows where we're at and what we've already learned and he knows what is way beyond what we're capable of. He knows that sweet spot where we're at and and where we need to grow, that learning edge basically. 
And, and I believe he's a good teacher, and he offers the support and the scaffolds that we need in order to grow spiritually. It's like when Paul is writing to the Corinthians, who still have a lot to learn in the way of Jesus, and he says, I gave you milk, not solid food, for you are not ready for it. That's 1 Corinthians 3.2. Um, so, you know, mixing the metaphors a little bit, that's referring to food, but it's the same idea. You're not quite ready for this yet. You're not ready to read the college textbook yet, but you, with some academic vocabulary and you know, help with the references, you can get this. You can get this article. And I think God does that for us in our spiritual lives, okay? Um, he wants to teach us his ways. He wants to teach us how to be more like him and how to be the people that he created us to be. I believe he challenges us and stretches us a little past what's comfortable. The ZPD isn't a comfort zone, okay? It's, it's a little uncomfortable. It's a little challenging. It's hard. But he doesn't leave us without support. He knows us intimately. He knows what we're capable of and what we're still learning. He sees what we still need help with and what scaffolds are needed, and he sets those up for us, just like a good teacher. To go along with the metaphor of the high school student being pushed to read a challenging text, I believe you know some scaffolds, maybe, that, that God sets up for us might be um, from a friend or, um, or a mentor giving us encouragement or even giving us, um, like confronting us and convicting us in a way. Maybe that is God pushing us a little bit. Or so that could be like the academic vocabulary definitions. Or maybe quiet time spent with God and spent reading, reading the Gospels. Maybe that's another scaffold um, Maybe those are the annotation skills, you know, that, that God gives us. God knows when we need simple milk and when we're ready for the more solid food, and he's with us providing support every step of the way. So that's one way he's a good teacher. So good teaching point number two, there we go, is sacred imagination. That's what I like to call it. So I didn't learn this in my credential program, this is something that I learned from a combination of Drew Ward and just kind of observing my students and just being in the classroom. So I think something that a good teacher needs is to have a powerful imagination, <laughs> okay? And what I mean by this, I don't mean, you know, imagine that you're flying away on a unicorn to Hogwarts to <laughs> flee the stresses of the classroom. No, that's not what I mean. <laughs> What I mean is being able to look at a student and see, see where they're at, see their behavior, and imagine what's possible. Imagine what they could be. Imagine how they could grow and what their abilities are. It kind of connects to the ZPD because you have to be able to imagine that outer edge of, of their zone of proximal development. You have to be able to see it in your head and picture and say, I believe you can get here. Um, for example, this student's writing is just terrible, uh, but there's an interesting concept in here, and they just need to explain it differently. I can see how this essay can be moved up. Or, you know, the Shakespeare is way beyond my ELL's understanding, but I can imagine them understanding this sense of betrayal 
and I can get them to, to hook onto that and then figure out the Shakespeare that way. Or this student does not know how to speak appropriately to others in class, but I can, I can imagine her you know, learning how to do that, learning how to be uh, respectful. So, um, and even more challenging than imagining what's possible yourself is uh, helping the students see what could be, okay? A good teacher creates a schema for new ideas that students never even thought of before. That's the hard part about teaching. Maybe the student can't even picture something at all, and you have to be able to kind of build the framework in their mind for them to grasp a new understanding. Again, this is not the kind of imagination where you escape or make believe that something isn't real. It's the ability to have a clear image in your head of a reality that isn't apparent yet and help make that possible, uh, that possibility become a reality for the students. So you might see where I'm going with this in the kingdom of God. Um, Jesus does this all the time. I think Jesus has that sacred imagination. He, see, he saw the world as it was, but he helped his disciples and everyone he taught kind of see see a reality beyond that. He, and he does it in so many ways. One of the primary ways is by telling parables that kind of shocked people and basically flipped their world upside down. Uh, for example, the story of the Samaritan who stops to help a man beaten up by the side of the road while the holy men walk right past him. That's in Luke 10. Um, so uh, if you're familiar with the story, the the people Jesus was telling this story to did not like Samaritans. They, the Samaritans, you know, were the bad guys, the just ugh, gross. We, let's go around Samaria so we don't even have to interact with them. And yet in this story, Jesus kind of flips their reality around. He imagines a world where, which is the true world, where Samaritans are, you know, part of God's family. And he tells this story to kind of flip the, the disciples' understanding of what they saw and give them a new reality, kind of. It's amazing. Jesus is an amazing teacher. And then you look at the Sermon on the Mount where he, you know, I'm going to go straight to the, you have heard it said, um, you know, love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I tell you to love your enemy. There's another example where Jesus was saying, this is the reality that ev that is common and accepted and normal, but what about this? Imagine this. Imagine if you loved your enemy, and it kind of blew everybody's mind, and I think should still blow, blow our minds today. He even repeats, repeats that phrase in the sermon. You have heard it said, but I say to you. you. You have heard this reality. You know this reality, but what about this reality? And Jesus could imagine that. He saw it. He could picture it. And he helped his students picture it as well. He also revealed, Jesus revealed how he imagined the world and challenged people to see it by how he acted. He didn't just talk about this stuff. He literally did it. He touched the bleeding woman who was unclean. What? You can't do that. It's like a whole new reality. Um, he and then, he, you know, he brings Lazarus back to life. That's kind of, you know, beyond our imagination a little bit. <laughs> like, what if we could imagine that that's possible? And then, of course, you know, his own resurrection 
is kind of the ultimate example of Jesus showing us a different reality, showing us this um, imagined but real um, reality. So Jesus, as the good teacher, challenged everyone around him to see his kingdom where it didn't seem to be, but it was. And he does the same for us today. So good teaching point number three, responding to the good teacher. So good teachers know the zone of proximal development. God knows where we're at and where we need to go. They can imagine the possibilities that are out there and help their students see that too. Jesus showed us a new reality. But I know from a year of teaching that no matter how good the teacher is, at at a certain point, if the student says, I'm not going to learn today, or or even if they're just like, you know, have legitimate distractions or something's going on in their life and they're not receptive, guess what? It doesn't matter how good the teacher is. The student is not going to receive what's being given, okay? And, of course, as a teacher in the classroom, um, I'm going to work hard. I'm looking over there every day to, you know, make sure they're learning. Um, yeah, and, and as a good teacher in the classroom, you do that. You, and, and even if you kind of, you know, force a student to work or sometimes trick them into working a little bit, um, it, it still is a vast difference between the student who comes into class who's like, yes, what are we going to do today, Mrs. Cantrell? I'm so excited. I'm, like, I'm ready versus the student who just, just isn't ready. There's a huge difference in what they're able to receive. Um, So, yeah, the student's attitude matters. And I think it's similar with us and God. The Old Testament calls it having a hard heart. If we're not willing to grow, to change, to surrender, guess what? We're probably not going to grow very much. But having a hard heart is definitely not the end of the story, thanks to God and his mercy. And I, I love this verse. It's Ezekiel 36, 26. Um, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. So I think this is kind of where the metaphor uh, between a classroom teacher and God breaks down a little bit because <laughs> I, I can't imagine a classroom teacher coming up to a student and saying, I will give you a new heart of flesh <laughs> and replace your heart of stone. Uh, like, I can't do that, you know? But God is God, and in his infinite mercy, he, and it's a mystery, I don't know how, but he transforms our hearts, and he's interested in taking away that heart of stone and giving us a heart that's ready to be receptive to him. It's awesome. It's amazing. Um, yeah, so there's a wonderful and mysterious promise in this verse. But I do think, you know, at some point, having, you know, having a stony heart uh, will, will affect you, will make it so that you can't change as much. And I think, I think we do have responsibility to examine, kind of do some self-examination about the state of our own hearts and see if we really want to learn from God. Are we, are, are we thirsty? Are we hungry? Do we desire to learn more of him? And... 
And are we humble enough? You know, the, the students in my classroom who were willing to maybe look a little stupid and say, I don't get it, they were the ones who got the knowledge, you know, versus the ones who didn't get it but just weren't willing to, to say that. So I think having that humble attitude, that heart of flesh, that wants to learn and is willing to ask questions and seek is, is paramount to actually learning from the good teacher. And this happens in the Gospels. Um, when Jesus is telling a parable, it's actually the parable of the seeds, sowing the seeds. Um, he tells this parable to a large crowd, and it's confusing, it's weird. Um, and, and, you know, only a handful of disciples come up to him afterwards and ask, what, what do you mean, mean by that? And he tells them. He doesn't get mad at them for asking questions. He says, well, let me, let me fill you in a little bit. Let me give you the answers. So that idea of being a good student for the good teacher is having a heart of flesh and constantly going to him and asking questions. God is our greatest teacher, and he'll never give up on transforming our hearts to be more receptive towards him. But I think it's important to ask about our stance. Do we have a posture of yes towards God? So, um, as revealed to us through Jesus Christ, God is the greatest teacher. He's constantly changing our hearts to learn from him. Um, and I think the obvious follow-up question to all this is, okay, so how do we know what he's teaching us? Uh, he, you know, it's not as simple as sitting in a classroom with Jesus at the front board lecturing or something. So um, I just listed a couple things that, um, that I've experienced and probably many of you have too, um, a couple ways that we can hear from Jesus the teacher. So I think he teaches us through our circumstances and reflecting about them in honest ways. Uh, like I mentioned at the beginning of the sermon, maybe a friend or, or a mentor approaches you about something or says, says something, speaks into your life. Uh, maybe that's, that's God, you know, teaching you something. Oh, and then through people, yeah, so those two are kind of connected, I guess. Friends, families, even strangers or musicians, anybody, really. I, I think God can always be teaching us something if we're receptive. And through stories recorded in scripture, um, so it's great because you can just kind of sit at the feet of Jesus when you read the Gospels and listen to the stories he tells and literally learn directly from him. And of course, through prayer. Um, I even like the question, what are you teaching me today, Lord? Or what are you teaching me through this situation, Lord? And... Maybe you won't get a direct answer right away or at all, but I think that question kind of opens, opens you up to this whole idea that God is always teaching you something and, and changing your heart and growing, growing you. And of course, there's a lot of overlap among these. So with that, some questions to ponder and, and consider. What is Jesus teaching you these days? as the good teacher? How's Jesus challenging you to reimagine what's possible? Yeah. What kind of a learner are you? And, you know, is your heart hard or soft? Are you asking questions or just kind of, you know, on auto drive? So yeah, those are my questions for you all. And 
I hope you got something out of this. <laughs> That's that.